0: Hello, Exorcist Files listeners. Okay, so we know a lot of you struggle with sleep issues. And no, not just because you're listening to our show before bed. I myself actually have struggled with sleep a ton since starting the show, waking up in the middle of the night for seemingly no reason. If that sounds like you, then you should try Sleepy Body Lotion by H. Sheep Organics. It's an all-natural organic magnesium lotion Made from a unique form of deep sea magnesium that is very pure and can be absorbed directly through the skin. You just apply some to your back, arms, or legs, and it will help you get a deep, restful night's sleep. Just head over to eightsheep.com slash xfiles and use our promo code XFILES for 10% off. Again, that's 8Sheep.com slash X Files for 10% off. And seriously, stop listening to this show right before bed.
1: It's about time. You know what? Come with me.
2: Yes, ma'am.
0: Welcome to The Exorcist Files, a cautionary collision with the supernatural told through the real case files of exorcist and priest, Father Carlos Martins, dramatized with 3D binaural audio for your listening enjoyment. Today, we bring you part two of three of our final demonic dossier for season one. For our returning listeners, let us reaffirm that the creepy and seemingly realistic spells you hear are entirely fabricated and have zero spiritual significance. And once again, as a forewarning, This case file involves mature themes and is definitely not suitable for all audiences. In our previous episode, our favorite trucker, Trent, ends up in a bizarre and gruesome head-on collision with a horse as he flees a cackling agent of darkness, ultimately escaping to a Christian college where he recounts his experience to the headmaster, John. Trent had seemingly found the woman of his dreams in the alluring waitress, Evelyn, and things seemed to be going great for him after their first date, when she asked Trent to stay the night. For safety reasons, of course. Let's dive back in. They had intercourse several
3: times well into the night. Within 20 minutes after they finished each session, Evelyn began caressing anew, leading to a new round of sex. Trent had never been with a woman this sensual.
2: Oh.
1: How's
2: the view from up there?
1: Just like I envisioned.
2: Oh, well, you envisioned it now.
1: I already told you. I always end up on top.
2: Is that what that Russian was about?
1: <laughs> Maybe.
2: You're relentless.
1: As above, so below.
3: They slept late into the morning. Upon waking, Evelyn wanted sex again. A nymphomaniac, he thought to himself. I must be dreaming.
2: Mmm, these eggs. Good. Hell yeah. You're the master of both the chicken and the egg.
1: Mmm, and now we know which one came first.
2: Ah, yes. <laughs> Trent. So, Evelyn.
1: I was thinking maybe you should just move in.
2: <laughs> what? Uh, I mean,
1: sorry uh, to spring that on you. <clears throat> uh, I'll bring you more coffee.
2: No, 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 don't, don't be sorry. You just, you just kind of caught me off guard. I mean, you're kidding, right?
1: No.
3: Trent had been thinking how wonderful it would be to live like this every day. When she said it, moving in would be simple as everything he owned was in his rig. He had spent a fortune to buy the truck, complete with a bed and bathroom in the cab, so that he could live in it. He still used his mother's house in Texas as his mailing address, but he planned to drive as much as he could to own a ranch one day. But as he thought about it, he was not set on owning a ranch. Though he was from the South and always thought he would settle there, if he had Evelyn, he would be happy anywhere, including Washington State.
2: Evelyn? This is our first date.
1: Let's get real, though. We've been with each other since the moment you walked into my cafe.
2: Yeah, but... as your customer.
1: Trent, look at me and tell me you don't want all of this.
2: I do, but...
1: Oh, you... you do?
2: i I mean, if you're serious... Oh,
1: I'm serious.
2: I'll consider your position.
1: And if you moved in, you know what position I'd be in.
2: Damn, woman.
1: <laughs> All the time.
2: I mean, well, I practically live in a big rig right now, so this, this would be an upgrade.
1: Look, when you know, you know, you know? Yeah. This just feels right, and I feel no need to dance around my convictions. Yeah. And, honey, life is short. Shall we not waste what we have right now? Okay. Okay? Is that a yes?
2: You know what? That's a hell yes.
1: Hell yes!
2: Let's go crazy. Hell yes!
1: <laughs> Here's to crazy.
2: To a couple of crackpots. Oh, this really is mad cow banana sandwich Looney Tunes crazy, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Oop. <laughs>
3: Trent was already taking it for granted that Evelyn would be part of his future. By the late morning, Trent would have to be back onto the road to make his delivery on time, which was a haul to Memphis. Before he walked out the door, Evelyn grabbed him. Oh. Just one more
1: time. I need second breakfast. I really do have an appetite. I won't see you until you're back in town next week. This will help me last until then.
2: Here's well, for the most important meal of the day. And it's (laughs) a
3: Once he was in his rig on the highway, Trent began to relive the last two days mentally. They were the happiest he ever remembered. Evelyn was beautiful, loving, financially stable, and was crazy about him. Finding a woman like this was the dream he always had. Thoughts of her continually occupied his mind, and he wore a constant smile.
1: Asmodeus, heed thy wife and thy lover. By blood of babe and trampled trinket, By blackened honey and crumbled wafer, chain this sinner to thy service and to my will that his body may be thy inverse temple, that his flesh may be a lantern to burn his spirit that its glow may light my path through the kingdom of shadows
0: At this point we've established that Evelyn has an enhanced sexual appetite, and naturally, Trent was more than happy to oblige. And I know, some of you are wondering, hey, we have two consenting adults simply following their natural carnal impulses with one another. What's wrong with that? Well, according to Christian doctrine, carnal indulgences are far more consequential than just mere physiological acts. The sexual faculty is a way by which Two people
3: become united. We're told in Genesis that a man will leave his mother and father and cling to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. In the New Testament, that's further expanded, where Paul says at one point, Hey, when you're with a prostitute, you become one flesh with her. You've bonded yourself at the level of ontology, at the level of being with someone with whom you only intended to have a momentary action. But guess what? That bond remains long after that sexual act is done. So I've encountered many cases, for example, in the situation I'm thinking of right now with a particular woman, there has been a transference of spirits. So what was in her sexual partner is now in her. She has surrendered part of her being to this demonic realm without intending it because the sexual faculty is the way by which we bond with another human being. That's a huge area, especially now in the age of pornography.
0: And to not acknowledge that, that has spiritual ramifications. So according to Father, the act of sexual intimacy carries a spiritual significance. And in some metaphysical way, we are united with whomever we become sexually intimate. However, the concept made me curious. Is this explicitly a Christian doctrine? As it turns out, not in the slightest. The perspective of sex as more than a physical act has been a fundamental part of many religious and spiritual traditions. The Dionysian cults of ancient Greece and various pagan fertility cults incorporated sexual rites as part of their worship, viewing them as necessary for the fertility of the earth and life's continuation. In Tantra, both in Hindu and Buddhist traditions, sex is depicted as a path to spiritual development. In Kundalini Yoga, another spiritual discipline, treats sexual energy as a formidable force capable of facilitating metaphysical transformation. There is even a school of thought that seeks to harness sexual energy for deliberate spells and curses, such as in more recent times, prominent figures like Aleister Crowley and Pascal Beverly Randolph, who propagated practices like sex magic the utilizing of sexual energy in an attempt to manifest intentions. The idea behind sex magic was that when humans experience peak sexual pleasure, energy is released that can be utilized for empowering spell casting and curses. Speaking of spells and curses, Father has no shortage of experience fighting those, which we will cover in more detail in part three of this case file.
3: Trent was amazed at how intuitive Evelyn was. Though he didn't remember telling her, she somehow knew he would be back in Washington next week. Usually, it would be three weeks before he cycled back through Washington. But instead of driving from Seattle to Wichita, Trent would be making a pickup in Chicago, dropping it off in Denver, then taking the Denver load and hauling it to Tacoma, Washington. He would then have three days off that he could spend with Evelyn in Seattle. When Trent arrived in Seattle, he headed straight for Evelyn's. There was an envelope taped to the door marked, key for you, keep it. I'm back.
2: Evelyn. Evelyn. Hmm. Hey there.
1: I'm ready for another long
2: ride?
3: Woo! Trent was in Seattle for three days. During that time, he and Evelyn had intercourse multiple times per day. After he got into his rig to depart, Evelyn walked out of her house with a suitcase in hand.
2: Hey, slow down, Evelyn! Evelyn, what, what is all that for? I want to come with you. You what? I wanna come with you. No, you don't want that. I'll be on the road for almost three weeks straight. I know. Three weeks in this hunk of metal.
1: Yeah, I took three weeks off of work. Trust me, I want to come. Evelyn. It'll be romantic.
2: (laughs) Big rigs are not romantic.
1: Besides, this way I'll be with you on your birthday. And trust me, I'll take care of you on your birthday.
2: (laughs) (laughs) All right, come on.
0: Before we set off on the open road with Trent and his lovely new travel companion, let's pump the brakes real quick and go to commercial. We'll be right back. Hello, Exorcist Files listeners. If you're not having good ranchers deliver meat straight to your door, I don't know why you're resisting. Okay, some real talk. This company is actually pretty cool. Their founder, Ben, is actually a former worship pastor, and he felt God called him to start a meat company. And he had literally no experience in food. He just stepped out in faith, trying to be obedient, and a year later, they were absolutely crushing it, providing sustainable, all-natural products sourced only from American farms and ranchers. I mean, the fruit speaks for itself. Except, they don't sell fruit. They sell amazing, high-quality meat that you can actually taste the difference. And if you want some seafood for Lent, just saying they do great seafood. Go to goodranchers.com and use promo code XFiles. That's E X Files, XFiles for a delicious discount, ten percent off. Seriously, go check it out. Welcome back to The Exorcist Files. When we left off, Trent and his relationship with Evelyn was picking up steam. A lot of steam. As they set out on the open road, Trent believed that his life goals were finally coming true. Trent couldn't believe it.
3: As he set out on the road, he did so with a companion, an experience he never had before. Having Evelyn meant that he had someone to ride with him and someone to eat with, and best of all, someone with whom to spend the downtime. And she would also be with him on his birthday, which again, somehow Evelyn intuitively knew. Twice, within the first four hours, Evelyn asked Trent to pull off the road so that they could be intimate. Though Trent enjoyed the encounters, the stops required him to drive longer to keep his schedule. Anticipating there might be an issue with getting enough sleep at night, Trent told Evelyn that however frisky they were, he needed a seven-hour undisturbed hiatus through the night or driving safety would be compromised. She agreed. But when night came, he had to keep reminding her.
2: I swear you've worn me out. It's official.
1: <laughs> what about a midnight snack?
2: Woman, I am spent. I need sleep.
1: Oh, come on, baby. Can't we play again? Evelyn,
2: I told you, I have to get some sleep. Trust me, I I want to, but baby... Trust me. It'll be quick. I can't, babe. I I need sleep or we're gonna have serious trouble. (sighs) Evelyn, Evelyn, no. Stop, please. I'm begging you. Fine! Whoa. Hey. Easy now.
1: You better be interested in the morning
2: just need some rest. Hey. Rest what? up, then.
1: You're getting an early wake-up call. Yeah.
3: If Evelyn was ever bored or tired on their journey, she never showed it. Occasionally, she slept listened to music, or just looked out the window and enjoyed the view of America. The only edginess she ever showed was when Trent interacted with another female on his journeys, such as with a waitress or a cashier.
1: Will that be all, sir?
2: Please don't call me sir, I'm feeling old enough as is. I
1: know the feeling. That'll be 2340. Where are you off to? Memphis. You gonna have time to see Graceland? That jungle room is crazy.
2: You know, I've never stopped to say hello to the king.
1: Trent, quit taking up the nice lady's time.
2: Well, the queen has spoken. Looks like I gotta be off. You have a great day now.
1: You too, mister. Go to Graceland. (laughs) What was that? What do you mean? That cashier was all over you.
2: What? She was just being nice. Go to
1: Graceland? What is she from, the tourism bureau?
2: Oh, she works at a 24-hour food stop called Food Now, trapped behind a counter, trying to sell lottery tickets and cigarettes. I'd want to chat it up, too.
1: You don't see the way women look at you, Trent. But I do. I see it all. You're mine. Don't you forget it.
2: How could I forget
3: that? If a pretty woman walked by at a rest stop, Evelyn moved into distract mode, steering Trent's attention away so that he would not notice her. Her jealousy was the only defect Trent could find in her. When they were back in Seattle, Trent bought a used pickup truck so that he had something to drive besides Evelyn's car when he was home.
2: What about this one?
1: Mm, Nope.
2: What do you mean? It's perfect. Not for you. I don't need anything fancy.
1: This is missing the most important feature. What is that? The seats need to go all the way down.
3: (laughs) He knew exactly why she wanted that
1: feature.
2: Is that really worth another two grand?
1: I'll show you tonight.
2: (sighs) Okay, and that is how they should sell cars. Hey, sir! Can we see another
3: one? By his fifth visit to Seattle, since he and Evelyn had started dating, Trent was not as enthusiastic about the physical intimacy as he once was. Not because he did not like sex, it was because there was too much. Evelyn's appetite was all but insatiable. Other things that partners did, Evelyn never considered. With her, everything seemed to start and end with sex. As gently as he could, Trent brought up his concern with their physical intimacy.
1: You're saying you don't like it when we make love?
2: That's that's not what I'm saying. Of course I do, but Evelyn, it's too much. No man has probably ever said what I'm about to say, but eight times a day is getting a bit rough. Like... I hurt, girl. But Trent... This is getting painful.
1: Sex is the total giving of oneself to the other. It's pure love. Don't you love me?
2: Of course I love you, but there are other ways to show you care. Or, frankly, spend time.
1: Are you saying you don't enjoy sex with me?
2: No, no. Okay, hear me, Evelyn. I, I love it, okay? You're amazing, but it's not everything. Would it kill you to let me take you to a movie, or... Or going a walk or something? You know, stuff that normal couples do? Yeah. Well. Evelyn.
3: Trent waited for a moment before going after her to think of something to say. In his wildest dreams, he never thought that he would be telling his girlfriend that they were having too much sex. But here he was doing that very thing, and making it worse, she took it badly. Trent found Evelyn in the kitchen making dinner.
2: Hey, look, I'm sorry. Maybe that all came out the wrong way. I love being intimate with you. I I, I just... Honey, come with
1: me.
3: Evelyn took his hand led him back into the bedroom and began undressing. Two months later, Trent was on the road and he did something he had never done before. He stopped to refuel and to grab a bite in Hayes, Kansas. Hayes was deliberately off his route, but he wanted to test a theory. After refueling, Trent slipped into a grocery store to buy drinks and snacks.
1: Excuse me, miss. Hi, how may I help you?
2: I'm looking for a big container of mixed nuts. Uh,
1: mixed nuts are on aisle 14.
2: Thank you. Oh, and uh, do you know where the brown sugar is?
1: Yes, sir. Sugar's aisle five.
2: Thanks. And uh, what about light bulbs?
1: Light bulbs are aisle 12.
2: Amazing. And one last item. Uh, do you- <laughs>
1: what is this, a pop quiz? You better give me an A now.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you already got an A plus. Mm-hmm. Do you know where the cat treats are? Pet foods aisle 11. Ah, you miss our time-saving queen. Say, does Jerry still work here? Short, stocky build? Bit of a stutter?
1: Uh, no. I don't know a Jerry.
2: Right on. Just thought I'd ask.
1: Someone's calling you.
2: Yes. Yep. Thanks again for your help.
1: Have a nice day, sir.
3: Jerry didn't exist, but was somebody Trent fabricated in order to prolong the conversation. Next, Trent went to the deli counter and ordered a sandwich, making lots of small talk with a lady preparing his order. After commenting on the weather and asking her how her day was, he asked her to recommend a cheese for the sandwich. He was in luck. She was a lady who loved to chat with customers and who knows her cheeses. She went down the list and spoke at length about each, finally recommending the dilled cheddar.
2: It has a wonderful flavor. Everybody loves it. Dilled cheddar it is then. Sir, your phone has been ringing. Do you need to answer that? No, 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 no. I'll I'll call back. Okay. Well, would you like anything else on it? No, thank you. Just cut it in half, please. You got it.
3: He thanked her for his sandwich, paid for it, and left. Trent next went into a steakhouse, but he turned off his cell phone and left it inside the rig before doing so. He sat at a table away from any window. Before he gave the waitress his order, he engaged her in small talk about what the specials were and what she recommended from the menu. As the waitress was bringing him water, the restaurant's telephone rang.
1: Excuse me, sir. Are you Trent? Yes. You have a call. Sounds urgent. Huh. She seems upset.
2: Okay. Oh.
3: Trent was alone in a restaurant he had never been to before, in a town he had never stopped at before.
2: Hello?
1: Why is your phone turned off?
2: Evelyn, how do you know where I am?
1: What do you mean, Trent?
2: I never told you what route I was going.
1: Stop changing the subject. Why is your phone off, Trent?
2: My phone is off because it was low on battery and I figured I didn't need it while having dinner.
1: Bullshit! Why did you leave it in the rig? What if I needed to reach you?
3: There it is, Trent thought to himself. Evelyn always knows precisely what I'm doing at every moment. She knows. No one is telling her, and yet she knows. Just like she knew what my favorite beer was, the details of my driving schedule, and when my birthday is.
2: I was just trying to have a quiet dinner. please. It's been a hard day, and I just wanted some me time.
1: What are you saying to those women?
2: What women, Evelyn?
1: Don't... Off me, Trent, That would be very, very bad. Now, what did you say to those slutty supermarket bitches and that wannabe wifey serving you right now?
3: A chill ran up his spine. It's as if Evelyn had a magic eye that was monitoring him at every moment.
0: Our regular listeners will remember that one of the telltale signs of demonic influence is knowledge of the hidden or the unknown. And with this supernatural knowledge comes the ability commonly known as clairvoyance, which is as interesting to learn about as it is to say. Clairvoyance, from the French for clear vision, is defined as the ability to gain information about an object, person, location, or physical event through extrasensory perception. A good example of this can be found in the story of Anna Eklund, one of the most well-documented cases of possession in the 20th century. In the account of Anna's possession, a book entitled Begone Satan by Carl Vogel, during her exorcisms, Anna often revealed clairvoyant knowledge by exposing secret sins from the other participants' childhoods, secrets they kept confidential their whole lives. Also relevant to this case file, it was Anna's aunt Mina who caused Anna's possession by placing spells on herbs, which she planted in Anna's food. Now lest we think this is an isolated anecdote, consider an excerpt from Dr. Richard Gallagher, our esteemed psychiatrist you met in episode six. In his book, Demonic Foes, Gallagher tells the account of a satanic priestess he refers to as Julia, who demonstrated a remarkable type of clairvoyance known to paranormal researchers as remote viewing, where one through the mind's eye in real time sees what someone in a completely separate location is perceiving. In one instance, Julia boasted of her ability to see a colleague of Gallagher's who was hundreds of miles away at the time. So Gallagher challenged her, asking what this person was doing at that very moment. Julia then described his colleague walking on the beach, praying, wearing khakis and a windbreaker. Dr. Gallagher called his friend at that exact moment, asked him where he was and what he was doing. Sure enough, he was on the beach, walking in his khakis and windbreaker, praying julia even got the windbreakers color right on that note you don't have to be clairvoyant to know it's time we take a quick commercial break we'll be right back hello exorcist files listeners if you're not having good ranchers deliver meat straight to your door i don't know why you're resisting Okay, some real talk. This company is actually pretty cool. Their founder, Ben, is actually a former worship pastor, and he felt God called him to start a meat company. And he had literally no experience in food. He just stepped out in faith, trying to be obedient, and a year later, they were absolutely crushing it, providing sustainable, all-natural products sourced only from American farms and ranchers. I mean, the fruit speaks for itself. Except they don't sell fruit. They sell amazing, high-quality meat that you can actually taste the difference. And if you want some seafood for Lent, just saying, they do great seafood. Go to GoodRanchers.com and use promo code XFiles, that's E-X-Files, XFiles for a delicious discount, 10% off. Seriously, go check it out. Welcome back to The Exorcist Files. When we left off, we were breaking down some of the unique abilities that can accompany demonic involvement. When it comes to these demonically conferred powers, Father Gabriel Amorth writes in his book, An Exorcist Tells His Story, quote, "'Satan has the authority to give certain powers to his faithful. It may happen that one person is given the gift of clairvoyance. Others, simply by sitting in front of a blank piece of paper with a pen in their hands, are able to write page after page of spontaneous messages. Others feel they can bilocate and that part of them can enter buildings even far away." End quote. It must be acknowledged though, that of course, not all supernatural gifts are demonic in origin. In the Christian narrative, there are many supernatural gifts granted by God for his purposes and for blessing the body of Christ a number of Christian saints were said to be able to see or know things that were far removed from their immediate sensory perception, including St. Columba of Iona, St. Padre Pio, and Blessed Anne Catherine Emmerich. For example, St. Padre Pio was said to have been able to bilocate or appear in separate locations at the same time, among many other mystical gifts. However, due to the deceptive nature of demons, there are unfortunately countless cases where individuals believed their preternatural faculties were granted by God, when instead the origins were demonic. Thus identifying the source of these abilities can sometimes be tricky. Father Morth had this to say when it comes to discerning these gifts. Quote, Some of the wonders that Moses performed at God's command before Pharaoh were mimicked by the court's magicians. That is why wonders of this kind taken by themselves do not point to their source, end quote. The point then is that something being supernatural in and of itself does little to tell us about its nature or origin. The scriptures say that Satan can come disguised as an angel of light, so we must remain ever vigilant with our discernment. At the end of the day, if the gift is used to harm others or if someone uses the gift for either financial gain or social prestige, you can guarantee its origins are demonic. Now, speaking of using discernment, let's get back to Trent, who just cannot seem to escape Evelyn's ever-watchful eye.
2: Uh, No...
1: Trenty, now why would you be eating out with other women when you have it so good at home?
2: I... I don't...
1: Honey! Come
2: to me. Yes, my love. Where are you? back at
1: the hive, waiting.
3: Trent was not looking forward to seeing Evelyn.
1: My poor exhausted honeybee. Come to your queen. Come to me, Trent.
2: Come to me, <gasps> Esmancipio ma'am. I will see you in a few hours. I have to go home. Home right now. Oh, okay then. I'll just cancel your order, sir. Yikes. Trent
3: could already anticipate what his stay with her would entail. He didn't feel like he was Evelyn's boyfriend so much as the man she used to satisfy her sexual appetite, which knew no limit.
2: Needs to come home.
1: <laughs> there he is.
3: When Trent arrived at Evelyn's, she was sitting on the couch, undressed.
1: I missed
2: you. I'm home. Yes.
1: Welcome home. <gasps> <gasps> Evelyn. Kiss, 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 save my master. What is this? Feel thy blood, and seed flow faster. What is happening, Evelyn? Subtle form, and lips so sweet. Evelyn, chain thy neck to cloven feet. What are you doing? Bear thy body, flesh and bone. Sleep before thy universe throne. What are you doing, Evelyn? <laughs>
3: What followed next was something Trent will never forget. They engaged in a single act of intercourse that lasted hours. Though he was tired and wanted it to end, he was somehow unable to stop. After one hour, he was utterly exhausted, and his body was in pain. Yet if he tried to force his body to stop, at Evelyn's urging, an inner compulsion forced him to continue. The pain was now excruciating. Though Trent had complete control of his mind, he had limited control of his body, and Evelyn refused to let him stop. Finally, after five hours, Evelyn reached a point of satisfaction and allowed the encounter to cease. Trent fell onto the bed and lost consciousness.
0: It's painfully evident to all that Trent has become ensnared in some sort of diabolical curse or power. Listeners might note Evelyn's use of her voice and words as part of her entrapment. Father has some sobering thoughts on the power of curses and words.
3: We have to remember that words have power. We can pervert God's intention for words. God gives us tools on this earth for our benefit, but we can misuse a tool. We can misuse a knife to bring about evil. It is possible to do right and wrong. To choose evil is a real possibility. It's possible to curse perversely. So when somebody curses another and wishes evil upon them, he is inviting the agency of demons into his relationship with that person. And the demons will gladly respond. It is possible to formally invoke a curse upon somebody, but even informally, just to say, damn you or damn that person. That is inviting the agency of demons into reality. That's provoking it. And that can have great ramifications that you've just willed upon another. Why does God permit demons to gain their prize in this situation, but not in that, when seemingly the circumstances were the same? That's a million dollar question, right? I don't have an answer for that. I don't know the mind of God. But I do know that the devil is constantly looking for those conditions and trying to constantly gain territory in his kingdom.
0: Now I know some of you will be cursing us that the time has flown by and we're forced to leave you with another cliffhanger. But worry not, we will bring you the exciting finale to our case and to our inaugural season in our next episode, which also includes a very special guest who has graciously agreed to share her own testimony of enduring a curse and her subsequent healing. So, while we must say our goodbyes now, please keep your expectations high. The season finale is imminent. you've been listening to The Exorcist Files. Make sure you follow us on social media. Our Instagram is at exorcistfiles and visit our website at exorcistfiles.tv and sign up for our email list to be made aware of new case files. You can also email us absurd and overly specific criticisms at exorcistfiles at gmail.com. All cases in The Exorcist Files are recounted by Father Carlos Martins from his personal archives. The Exorcist Files is hosted by Father Martins and myself, Ryan Bethay. This episode's reenactments were directed and recorded by Chandler Mays and Ryan Bethay in The Big Easy, New Orleans, Louisiana. These recordings wouldn't be possible without our special locations manager and producer, Everything New Orleans expert, Katie Weiss. Thank you, Katie, for all your hospitality, hard work, and help on this case file. The character of Trent is portrayed by Cameron Stout, Evelyn by Virginia Tucker. Gas Station Cashier by Emily Ellison. Grocery Store Clerk by Brittany Chandler. Deli Clerk by Katie Weiss. And Restaurant Waitress by Erin McCluskey. Any likeness or similarities of characters are entirely coincidental and unintentional on the part of the writers. Additional research provided by Anne-Marie Robson and Miranda Hawkins. Script written by Chandler Mays and Ryan Bethay. All fake incantations are written by iHeart's own Robert Lamb co-host of the hit podcast Stuff to Blow Your Mind Thank you for the assist, Robert For this particular case file, the score is written and composed by the uber-talented Analia Lentini, our guest composer hailing all the way from Argentina. You can contact her at her website, myfusamusic.com That's M-Y-F-U-S-A music.com And you can stream her works on YouTube and Spotify under her name Analia Lentini Original theme song written and composed by Dan Carey Bailey. Assistant editor is Kristen Vermilia. Supervising producer, sound designer, editor, and mixer is Chandler Mays. Executive producers are Carlos Martins, Ryan Bethay, Ben Bolin, and Chandler Mays. And last but certainly not least, all big rig sound effects you hear throughout this case file were graciously provided by Squirrel, the friendly trucker we met in the parking lot behind the Miss Universe pageant in New Orleans. Squirrel is the founder of the Diesel Drifters. And this time, I'll let him tell you about it.
2: My name is Squirrel, founder of the Diesel Drifters. We are a 501c3 nonprofit organization and we do fundraisers and we raffle off stuff. All proceeds go to nursing homes to help the elderly people maybe get out and see the botanical gardens or take a trip, uh, whatever they want to do. So that's what our cause is. Look for us on Facebook. That's Diesel Drifters Public. It has all the information about us. So come join us. Love it. Cool. Thank you. Right on. Trains. I missed planes, but we got trains and automobiles.
0: Squirrel. That's <laughs> so much fun, dude. The Exorcist Files is a production of iHeartRadio. Hey friends, before we start today's episode, we would like to ask you a huge favor. As you know, our show is now financed through the generosity of donors and sponsors. We are going to be doing a Kickstarter crowdfund in the near future to finish season two. And if you can go to exorcistfiles.tv and sign up for our pre-launch page, that will help us out big time. This will ensure you are kept up to date on when the campaign goes live and get you access to some very exclusive rewards available only through the Kickstarter. Go to exorcistfiles.tv and sign up for our pre-launch page. It takes like 30 seconds. Thank you. Now, on to the show.